This podcast was originally the audio for a work of the same name for the Nearly On Red YouTube channel, found at youtube.com slash c slash nearly on red. Though not intended to be a standalone podcast, viewers frequently consume my videos for their audio content only, so I have duplicated my work in this format to hopefully save people a step. A full list of content and platforms can be found at nearlyonred.com or the short link nearly.red, N-E-A-R-L-Y dot R-E-D. Enjoy! Welcome to the Not Quite Daily Show, Summer 2018, Episode 6. Today we are discussing the idea of the fear of loss in the first half of the anime Hanibado. This video will contain spoilers for the first six episodes of this show. We'll first start with a little information about the psychology of losing and winning, then we'll examine how this has influenced the actions and reactions of several of our characters in the show so far. Finally, we will theorize about how dealing with the fear of loss might suggest a direction for the show overall. Let me ask you something. When you play sports or games or just watch a competition that you are invested in, which do you feel more acutely? The pleasure of winning or the displeasure of losing? Do you love to win more or less than you hate to lose? If you are like most of humanity, then the agony of defeat is far more pronounced than the thrill of victory. This extends to more than just playing sports or games or other contests. Dropping a $100 bill on the street will affect you a lot more than finding a $100 bill on the street. We are far more sensitive to negative outcomes than to positive ones. This is probably due to evolutionary pressure, punishing losses far more than rewarding gains. Imagine you are early proto-man, walking through the jungle one day. You come around a bend and are presented with two new sights. On your left, a fruit tree, so full of ripe sweet fruits that the branches sag and your mouth waters as you take in the sight. On your right, however, is a snarling leopard. His mouth waters as he takes in the sight of you. Now, which of these two things needs your immediate attention? Our ancestors are the ones that paid more attention to the leopard. Survival favors avoiding loss more than it favors finding gain. We have inherited this preference. There's even something called the faces in the crowd effect, where we will much more quickly perceive angry or threatening faces in a crowd than happy faces. If you ever take or have taken a psychology course, you've probably seen one of the many experiments involving that effect. If you've watched my channel before now, you might've seen me comment that I try to minimize my criticism. This quirk of the way our minds work is why I do this. A few negative words about a series will stick in your mind and influence your opinion a lot more than a heap of praise. It's just the way we're wired. Behavioral economics has a lot to say on the matter as well, and this preference is part of what is referred to as loss aversion. In fact, there have even been experiments to try to quantify the discrepancy using weighted gambles. There is a lot of these experiments, so I am just going to give you the simplest for time's sake. Given a 50-50 chance of success, a coin flip, most people are not willing to risk the same amount they stand to gain. 
This is like that earlier example of dropping or finding a $100 bill. You probably aren't willing to risk $100 on a coin flip if you only stand to win $100. In fact, the number appears to be closer to $200 in potential winnings before you would risk $100 on a coin flip. This is oversimplified and people do vary, but basically we are twice as sensitive to losses as to wins. There is also some research to suggest that loss aversion is even more pronounced in competitive situations, like in actual business environments or, of course, in sports. Looking at our Hanebado characters, you can probably begin to see how this sensitivity to loss has informed some of their behaviors or decisions. Our main two characters begin the series practically reeling from loss. Nagisa's dismemberment in the previous year's Interhigh didn't just make her sad for a day or a week. Six months later, she is still a woman possessed. No victory would have had the same effect on her, even if she'd won the whole Interhigh. She is driven to improve herself to avoid feeling anything like that again. At the same time, the very person shutting her out is not reveling in her victory. She is not driven by the highs of winning. Beating Nagisa will not make her happy, but losing to her, to losing at all, would be devastating. Loss would be painful normally, but Ayano associates losing at badminton with losing her mother, thanks to the circumstances around her match with Kaoruko in her youth. Kaoruko, for her part, also demonstrated this aversion to loss. Even though being ill is a perfectly good reason to lose a match, she was willing to go to the extreme lengths she did to prevent such a thing from happening. Connie also has this mindset in her challenge against Ayano and Rico. Beating them doesn't fill her with happiness. Rather, she is more filled with relief that the match did not slip away from her. She's glad to have avoided loss more so than having achieved victory. This is just how Nozomi feels after beating Rico. That is definitely a look of relief rather than a look of triumph. As we talked about in the first video, in badminton, victory is never assured until the last point is played. Loss is always a potential development, and so the fear of loss is present all the time in these matches, no matter the mismatch in ability. But that mismatch is no comfort either. The sixth episode largely revolves around Rico and the cloud that hangs over her as she realizes that she will probably lose her first match of the tournament. Now, she eventually finds motivation to keep trying and ends up giving Nozomi a fight for the second game. Everyone knows that Nozomi is the stronger player, especially Riko. You would think there would be some satisfaction in going toe-to-toe -to -toe with her, forcing her to spend some of her precious stamina despite the gulf between them. Even though Riko knows this is how she should feel, the pain of losing still stings. It still overwhelms her. Yet, she is not the person most devastated by losing. Neither was Nagisa, despite the six months of purgatory she put herself through. No, the person most adverse to losing is Ayano. For her, losing a badminton is linked to all of the terrible confusion around her mother's departure. A bad loss might have affected Nagisa in a powerful way, but it also motivated her. For Ayano, though, the fear of loss is enough to stop her from wanting to play at all. She had attempted to give up badminton entirely before Elena coerced her into joining the club. When her rematch with Nagisa in Episode 2 reminds her of playing Kaoruko, she quits playing immediately. When Kaoruko actually shows up and beats her, she flees the club. And then, after the loss to Connie, she almost has a mental break. She tries to blame the circumstances, or her string breaking, or the other girl jumping in. Ayano tries to insist that she didn't really lose. She makes excuses, and then she runs from the others. 
when Kari reveals that Uchika has been a type of surrogate mother to her, and that Kani is going to prove her worth by beating Ayano, Ayano is not suddenly motivated to beat Kani and perhaps win her mother back by extension. Instead, she decides that she doesn't need her mother anymore. She would rather convince herself that she doesn't care about her mother than entertain the idea of losing her again. Loss is a powerful fear for them all, but it is strongest for Ayano. All this might make you wonder why anyone would ever play sports, or do anything where there are clear winners and losers. If we feel a loss twice as much as a win, then even winning 67% of all your competitions would only leave you neutral in satisfaction. And you would probably lose a lot in order to get to the level where you win at least two-thirds of the time. If this principle really was so widespread, how do we ever develop to the point of wanting to play or watch sports as a source of fun? The answer is that looking at the outcome of a competition as a win or loss is an oversimplification. If our characters stepped onto the badminton court and were then simply handed the results of their match, you won and you lost, then perhaps no one would bother. Instead, something besides the outcome of a match is gained in the process. The fun of competing, the visceral feeling of doing something athletic, the satisfaction of working hard to improve, and the camaraderie of working as a team, no matter the outcome. These intangibles are what keep competitors going forward. It's more than just another notch in the win or loss columns. The drama and character journeys in our series so far are not solely about winning or losing, but the way each girl struggles to prioritize all the aspects of the sport beyond those two possible outcomes. They cannot reduce badminton down to whether they win or lose. Now, Ayano has the furthest to go, and it's understandable that her feelings on loss are complicated and powerful. Now, I don't know the source material or how far into the story our anime is going to go, but if I were to guess about a direction for Ayano's journey, I'd say it won't be about her struggling to be the best. It won't be about her winning the inter-high or revenging herself against Kani or Kaoruko. It might not even be about finding peace with her mother. It could involve all of that. But I think that, for Ayano, her victory condition might not be actual victory. Instead, it might be about suffering a terrible loss and being okay with that. Title music by Russell J. Crowe, other music licensed from the artists at Audio Jungle. Script, performance, and editing by Theta. Theta is played by Redacted. Original video can be found at youtube.com slash C slash Nearly on Red. And a full list of credits is available at nearlyonred.com. Until next time, thanks for everything.